But I hate when I feel like this And I never hated you Neurotica is a weekly podcast going to the deepest, darkest parts of the mind and bringing them to light. Topics range on mental illness, behavior, and perception and more. Please be warned, many episodes contain trigger warnings. If you ever have thoughts of suicide, please call the suicide hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Hey everybody, welcome to Neurotica, the only Neurotica podcast not hosted by Justin Silver. I um, think there's actually a third one. Well, no, there's a web series. Is it a podcast too you found? I thought I saw another podcast on my uh, Overcast app. fucking kidding me. There's a web series that started, which we were definitely, uh, existed before that. It's like by, it's got like that. Woman. It's like a Black Mary thing. Yeah, it's got like Felicity Day in it. That's not a podcast, I don't think. I think it's an actual web series. I don't know. I'm going to check, so you keep doing an intro while I try to type one hand okay. and fuck up. Um, so it's Cody and Bobby, not Justin Silver, um, or Black Mirror. Um, we we had a plan for today's episode, um, and we had to quickly reschedule, and then we realized that the world's exploding around us legitimately. Uh, the refinery blew up. So... You know, that's actually been a near-death experience for us, considering the fact that if it had gone the way that it could have went, all of Philadelphia would have been wiped out, which is actually the most insane and kind of cool thing I've heard in a long time. Which is also what Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris want to happen, presumably, because they hate us so much. So, for full context, uh, I'm going to die, and um, Bobby's leaving us. Bobby's moving away. Um, Bobby, we were happy to have you on the podcast. Uh, How far are you moving there, Bobby? Um... Probably a little less than two blocks. Just just one block too many for Bobby. That's out of his range. Um, so he's leaving the podcast, so we'll give him a nice sign-up. No, he's not leaving. Uh, but yeah, we wanted to just check in because um, I'm on the brink of mental breakdown, and Bobby's moving this weekend. Um, and while that's happening, Philadelphia almost exploded, and we're having uh, currently Democratic debates, which is probably going to lead to America exploding. So I thought we'd just do a little check-in episode, uh, see how everybody's doing. Uh, me personally, horrible. Yeah. So, um, as Cody said, that there was a huge refinery explosion and fire in Philadelphia, I believe it was last week. So, right now we're going to do an update of a segment that I proposed on my first official episode as co-host, the Burned Down Cathedral of the Week. And this is going to be the Exploded Refinery of the Week. And congratulations, Philadelphia, for hosting the Exploded Refinery of the Week. It's refinery now. So... It's not cathedral anymore. It's legitimately burned down and refinery. I think yeah. we're gonna hold that title for a few weeks. Uh, yeah. I mean, I this is the first refinery explosion I've heard of in some time. Yeah, I mean, I would say this is probably on par with Chernobyl. I mean, it's it's comparable, probably on a, a little bit of a smaller scale. But I think people have been protesting this refinery for years. Yeah, I mean, from what I know, it. It has caused a lot of pollution. And then there was even a question of like, well, are they going to shut it down now that it exploded? Which, baffling to me, I, I don't know too many things that explode and then you just go back to work. But like, uh, there was a serious question about it because the people lost their jobs. But it's also like slowly killing everybody in the city every day that it's uh, open. So if the explosion won't kill you, the cancer caused by it certainly will. It's just um, slower and much more... Um, unfulfilling death kill me now um i'd much rather die like in the initial explosion and fire than 
you know, slow and painful death from chemically induced disease. But I, actually, no, I smoke cigarettes, so that's not necessarily true. But I mean, I think there was this moment when I like heard about the refinery and I heard that could have killed us all. My first thought was relief, but also a little bit of FOMO. It was like, okay, yeah, but like I, I had to get up and go to work the day after that. I'm one of the people who did sleep through the refinery explosion. I did too. If you could have told me, like, if you woke me up at 3 in the morning or, like, the refinery exploded, we might all die, I'd be like, well, at least I get to sleep a little bit more. Um, I'd be like, what refinery? What's a refinery <laughs> would be my first question. What do you mean? What are they refining? Like, the terms of services for all the companies that send me fucking uh, terms and conditions every time I try to set them for the site? I thought those were all in, like, metaphorically bombed out Midwestern towns yeah. and abandoned. I didn't even know that... America had functioning refineries anymore. So what? That? It's, that would be an oil refinery. Is that what this was? I literally have no idea. What I coal? I know we have an exploding uh, exploded refinery. I don't. I know don't even understand why. It's I don't know what it's refining. Pittsburgh, sure. The, the, the refinery blew up in Pittsburgh. That'd be like the most like apt thing that you could tell me. Like it blew up in Philly. I'm like, what are you trying to tell me? The Comcast building like collapsed. Like I just don't. I don't comprehend. Where the fuck this refine? I'm assuming yeah, it's in West Philly, but like, I the fuck if I know. What do we? I think like I just what? What kind West. of industrial stuff do we have here? Like, I know we produce like female fronted like pop punk bands at a factory like Great, but that's literally the only like mass produced thing that I know about from Philadelphia. We have a navy yard, so I'm assuming we're producing navy. I guess so. I don't even. I know the Urban Outfitters headquarters is down there. So. Yeah. But I don't know. There. I don't know if that's an office or if they're like making clothes. No, that's I'm an sure office. they. I'm sure they import their clothes from China or whatever. Yeah, no, that's an office. I know because um, I played there. Hire me. Um, they don't want me. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just it was baffling because we're a fucking city. I don't know, man. It was just very odd. I slept through it. I slept through the huge thunderstorm that happened like the day before it too. That was wild. Yeah, that one legitimately woke a bunch of people up and made them scared, which is kind of pathetic. How old are you guys? I'm pretty sure it has woke up from that. Well, <laughs> like, she doesn't listen to the podcast anyway, so I'll yeah. talk all the shit I want to her. She's not on this episode. That's fair. Well, actually, well, she's mad at me, but she'll never hear this, so that's fine. Yeah, I feel like this is a good opportunity for you to start talking shit on your girlfriend. That seems like a risk. I'm not going to take it. Well, actually, we'll see. Speaking of risks, um, the Philadelphia 76ers took the biggest risks they possibly could and then decided, now nah, we're good. Yeah, I think this stress kind of kicked off for me during the NBA draft last Thursday, which is the reason that we didn't record an episode last week. And Bobby almost killed himself in my living room. It was, it was tough. And it was probably a little bit of an overreaction, but I think that... Uh, the thing that set me off was actually a, a pretty legitimate concern, uh, as we're seeing. So, I, I won't get into the full details, because this is not a Sixers podcast, and I will fucking, like, burn this podcast to the ground before it comes one. Um, but there was an article I was reading today by uh, Derek Bonner, who's a very good Sixers writer. He basically said, like, there is a reason why they did all these things, but it has to be, like, a perfect scenario of them running it back, which... Running it back means bringing back the four key free agents they had from last year. If you don't know who they are, it's not worth me explaining them to you now. Um, but basically, there's something in the NBA called the apron. The NBA, we could do a whole episode about how mentally taxing learning that like fucking. You're not going to say Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler's names, but you're going to get into the apron. 
Yeah. Anyway, um, no, but basically the apron is that you can, like, there's a hard amount of money you can spend. But, like, it's very weird in the NBA because there's these things like soft caps and hard caps. But basically, if they do everything the way they want to, there was reason for the way they did the draft. The problem is, they don't look like they're going to fucking do those things. Yeah, basically, at a zoomed-out level, the reason that me and Cody got so into the Sixers, really, for the last five five or six years... Because we're virgins. Six years ago, was I a virgin? No. No, I wasn't. <laughs> Did you actually count backwards? <laughs> um, How old are you? I'm 28. Ooh, if you had to... I said no. If you have to <laughs> even think about it, that's not great. I did. It's not great. Ooh. That's another episode. That well, no, we're not going to do that episode. <laughs> okay. I'll go on Justin Silver's uh, podcast. His one is apparently more erotic than ours. So he looks like a fucking pickup artist or a magician, which it's they kind like of the same thing. they kind of look the same. But <laughs> back to the point that I was starting to make before Cody started making fun of us for being virgins. I'm not a virgin. I know when I had sex. The part of the reason that me and Cody 17. became. Congratulations. Part of the reason that me and Cody became big Sixers fans was that the way the team was run was um, it was a novel approach that people had been curious to see how it would work in the NBA for a long time, uh, where the team would lose for a long time, but they would also accumulate a lot of good stuff. And basically the point was to try to get superstars. And eventually they did. And now, two GMs later, um, the general manager seems to be really losing a lot of the trades that we used to win for not very good reasons, just because he he doesn't have a good poker face and things like that, and seems to... He made a very rookie mistake. Let's... No more beating around, but he made a rookie mistake. he, He goes all in on decisions that he absolutely has... That... To the degree that he absolutely has to be correct. Well, so for for the basketball fans out there, I had a tweet, and it might seem like the tweet I'm trying to bash Danny Ainge, but now it's just become a true prophecy. Danny Ainge is playing a thousand-year version of chess. So Danny Ainge is the Celtics GM, and this dude is always like doing stuff that will benefit the future, but not right now. And everybody's like, "What the fuck are you doing? You could be like a champion if you just like you know took the chance." So he's playing a thousand-year game of chess. I said after we got uh, Tobias Harris, the second of the two big trades of the season, that um, Elton Brand was playing uh, Halo and he just got the rocket launcher. And for context, what I'm saying is Danny Ainge is very methodical and he's always thinking about steps ahead where Elton Brand really commits to something and is like not like afraid to make a splash. Obviously, whether you know sports or not, you can understand taking big risks like that, it's dangerous. The problem that we're seeing now is the risks he were doing were calculated. We're getting to the point where he traded for these big players. Now he has to re-sign them, and it doesn't look like they're even willing to do that, which is fucking yeah. stupid. Which, I'm not saying they're not willing to re-sign them. It just looks like they're pussyfooting around, and they're not playing you know, the multiple scenarios correctly. And basically what I'm saying is I'm going to scream and cry and um, drink a lot if my favorite player, Jimmy Butler, goes anywhere else. Yeah, uh, which it is looking like maybe... He will, maybe he won't. The thing and is, the Sixers might help that happen. The which thing is, really is as we record, where in be- it's before the time when free agents can officially start meeting with teams and signing contracts, and so this is when speculation. This is one of the big speculation times uh, as for the NBA. It's right now. 
right before the draft and right before the trade deadline. Which so all we're hearing right now is all of these conflicting reports about what the Sixers want to do, what other teams want to do to the Sixers, what the players on the Sixers or formerly on the Sixers want to do, and how it it's impossible to take in all that information, sort out what's true and what's not. And so me and Cody being maniacs, we take every bit of negative information and internalize it and pretend that we're ignoring it, but it just burrows into our souls. And then it just manifests in our behavior towards other people and ourselves. Yeah, it's really um, damaging. Um, well, and to really make like sense of what's happening right now, for me, the draft and free agency, I used to always consider them like holidays for me. And the reason why is because the NBA is the craziest league. Anything that you believe to be true can change in a second. The greatest player on a team could all of a sudden be in a new city. And what we're seeing coming this free agency is going to be one of the craziest. There's a lot of superstars, like recognizable names, that are going to be handed contracts of 100 to $200 million almost. And you're going to see such shuffling. So when me and Bobby are looking into the draft or free agency... What actually happens is never as interesting as the rumors and speculation that happened behind them. And other like teams are putting out misinformation on purpose. But we get to dive in and say, oh my god, what if this player goes to this team and stuff like that. But for six-ish years, I'd say, that never really was the Sixers. It was always like, maybe they could do this. But it was we knew we had to bide our time, wait, because we were in a different plan. Yeah, this and, is the, sorry. Well, this is the first offseason where we can lose instead of gain. Like, last year was like, if we can sign LeBron James, cool. If not, like, we have Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, young stars, that are growing into their own. And lots of trade assets. Yeah. We don't have any trade assets if we're trading them. Yeah. So, this is, like, pretty um, do or die for us. And basically, our cynical Philadelphia stuff, Bobby got really upset at the draft, and I was like, it's going to be fine. And then I read enough tea leaves that made me upset at free agency before it's even started. Um... And, yeah, I'm a fucking emotional mess. Everything I read makes me um, feel worse, whether it's logical or not. And some random dipshit is reporting it. Um, so, yeah, the weird thing about being a Sixers fan for, again, the last five or six years in particular is that we could view all of the high-level NBA stuff, like uh, superstars switching teams, like big mega trades, things like that. We could view it dispassionately because it wasn't going to involve us as and as that was happening we were also defending the Sixers from people that were saying this plan is not going to work and getting more and more passionate about that so now we are super passionate about the Sixers and these super high stakes um, stuff where there's 15 different rumors every day are directly in are directly affecting our team and the future that we always were looking forward to. And so it's like we were conditioned to pay so much attention and get so involved when it was other teams, but now it's our team and we care a lot about it. And so it just like is a really bad combination. This is probably how stupid we are. If you were at a company that was at risk of layoffs, there's always rumors flying around and you might hear your own name and that might be just someone that doesn't like you starting around or something like that. But that stuff gets to you. Me and Bobby are taking this as if we're our, our own jobs are on the line. Like, that's how much it affects our fucking lives. Like, I was at work today. I couldn't do anything because I was, like, paralyzed by depression. 
And here's why. The Lakers did something, and it made me think that because the Lakers did that thing, they were going to steal Jimmy Butler away from us. Jimmy Butler's name has still not been linked to the Lakers, but in the back of my head, it makes sense. It's been linked to the past, but since they've done this thing, it's been D'Angelo Russell, Kawhi Leonard, other NBA players that are like potential, like, you know, other big signings. But in my head, I'm like, oh, but they're going to take our guy because I hate that team. And I'm going to get fucked over. Yeah, it especially sucks ass that it's the Lakers because the Lakers are like like some legacy kid at like Harvard who is just a complete fuck up until he's 30 years old and he doesn't do a single thing right. And then his dad dies and he gets left a multi-billion dollar business and he runs it like kind of competently and he gets all kinds of praise and, um, you know... Not awards. But just like... Uh, but he just gets accolades and praise yeah. and things like that. And it's like, you didn't do a single thing to earn this. You just got it strictly by legacy. And that's literally what the Lakers are. They fucked up. They overpaid Kobe Bryant, who's a rapist. Uh, completely fucked their team up. Were bad by accident for a long time. And then they are in Los Angeles and... They were good 30 years ago, and so LeBron James was like, I'm going to play for them. I, I think of it th- more this way. Uh, so the, the kid that was in the news recently, the white kid who said the N-word, um, uh, anybody who's ever applied to college knows that uh, they look at everything. They look at your social media. They look at you know your resume, so to speak, on like you know extracurriculars and everything. You are being scrutinized to a degree. The Lakers are the kid that said the N-word, and they're like, well, can I go to Yale now? And we're all like, what? No, you didn't do any of the right shit to get into Yale. Like, what are you talking about? The Lakers are the kid that said the N-word, and then Harvard was just like, that's cool. No, no, it, I, I want to keep going. They, or <laughs> sorry. Harvard, sorry. I guess I kept saying Yale. But they, they said the N-word, and then every year they're like, well, yeah, I said the N-word, but, like, can I go to Harvard? And they're like, no. And then I said the N-word, can I go to Harvard? No. And it's like, I said the N-word, can I go to Harvard? No. And they're like, well, I said the N-word, can I go to Harvard? Like you could be the CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase, and I was like, "What the fuck, man? That seems like a logical, a logical jump for somebody who's been fucking up for so many fucking years." I think that we can all agree, whether we like, hate, or are indifferent towards the Lakers, that as a team they are the white kid that said the N word. Yeah, and who are the Sixers in this scenario? I don't fucking know. I don't. I'm too angry to even because I'm gonna if I say it, it's gonna be like I'm. I'm going to be like, the Sixers are somebody got shot, and then it's going to be more like... The Sixers are the, like, loser kid in high school that got popular for some reason for, like, two weeks. Yeah. And then went back to being a loser kid. Yeah. Bobby, did that happen to you? No. Nah, no, no weeks <laughs> of not, popularity for you. I'm not doing yes and. <laughs> it Great. didn't. It didn't happen to me. Okay. <laughs> that would explain why you had trouble answering the virginity question. All right. Um, well... I, I feel like Fair we got enough. bogged down on the Sixers. We did a great job of not talking about the team specifically enough that people like the Sixers were confused and people don't like basketball were just already confused. So let's let's talk about something else that's um, going to make us want to die. Uh, the second night of uh, Democratic debates are tonight. Um, yeah. <laughs> Beto O'Rourke, though. Oh, uh, hola, me amo, booby. Uh, and- Bobby, your Spanish was so offensive that the audio crashed that that's how bad that was well i was hearing that hulu was fucking up last night during the debate so maybe beto's terrible spanish explains that yeah so beto o'rourke um if you don't know he's um 
He's a Republican. He's he's the stepdad in the videos where a stepdad has sex with stepdaughter. Um, he's the cool dad who apparently just is into some weird fucking family shit. Um, he's the dad for the stepdad from Liar Liar who tries to do the claw. To yeah, the son, but he fucks up and it just like makes him look bad. Yeah, so he's um a big fucking uh like Deepest. I guess her- herb is a good word for. It. Herb, herb, herb. Do you pronounce the H? Do you like the H? Um, he's a fucking asshole. Uh, he's just been like cool older guy for a while, and he went to the debate and he got demolished because, as it turns out, um, a man who can't beat Ted Cruz in a Senate race that everybody in the world is watching, apparently not uh, qualified to be president either. Who would have guessed it? Well, it's tough to beat Ted Cruz in Texas because people that vote in Texas are psychos, but... Sure, I, I, I'll give him that benefit of the doubt, but... Um, Beto could be running against John Cornyn for, uh, I think, the other Senate seat. Nope. He's got to go speak Spanish to become president. Yeah, or he could be, um, you know, helping deal with the border situation, but he has to run for president. Pe- president? He has to run for president. Yeah, so... If Beto's did- a dip... Beto is like the worst fear of what me and Cody's friends could be when we grow up because he used to like punk rock and skateboarding and stuff. And then he just basically became a Republican who in any other state would be a Republican, but he happened to be in Texas. So he's like kind of a a liberal by comparison. And he basically said that he's running for president because he is good at it. Or something like that. Like, he was he was on the cover of a magazine basically yeah, saying that God made him good at being a politician and that's no, why he's running for president. No, the thing is, like, he legitimately was so, like, charismatic in his Senate race that he did not win. That he was like, well, I got a lot of Twitter followers, maybe I should run for president. And I know some people who have a lot of Twitter followers, if they said that shit, some of their followers were like, well, yeah, he's as good as anybody, and I would be screaming at that person. But Beto... Beto jumps on tables, though. Yeah, Beto's not responding to my tweets. Beto, he, in the middle of trying to make his, like, very first point, like, he opened the show with this one, um, made his point, and then tried to reiterate it in Spanish, and the face that Cory Booker made was hilarious until you realize later, Cory Booker... Also sucks. Also tried to speak Spanish. Um, oh, he did? Yeah, he did too. <laughs> God, so I really... his face was actually more like, fuck, he took my move. Which oh my God. everybody even said, and I like watched a clip, and I, I kind of see it, but everybody said like Beto knew halfway through it was the landing, but you can't stop something like that. You can't just like halfway through be like, never mind, I can't do the Spanish, it ain't working. It was a big swing. It was a big swing, which, I mean, he's it's been t- fading... But that's his whole campaign. It's been a gimmick. So he's like, I gotta pull it out. Yeah, he's like a kind of handsome, like, young young guy. That's basically literally his entire thing. I haven't... I don't know what he stands for at all. He, he doesn't know what he stands for. He, like, I, I keep telling people personally, and I don't like being the positive, but personally, my um, best ticket would be Liz Warren and Bernie Sanders. I don't even care who would be president, vice president. On the flip side, if I had to experience any level of... Um, Beto and Mayor Pete together, I'd probably um, do unspeakable things to the lower half of my body, aka I would find a way Jerk to... off? No, I would chop off myself at the hips. Yeah, Mayor Pete also sucks. Luckily, he's, like, finally experiencing some actual controversy because uh, he the office... one An officer in the town that he's the mayor of... Is it South Bend? 
I don't fucking know. Oh. I don't know anything oh, about what? him. Where the fuck did he come from? I don't... I think he's Russian. He, he's a Russian plant. He's a mayor somewhere in Indiana, and the town had a white uh, police officer shoot a black person. And Pete basically then abandoned the town to go do uh, running for president stuff and then gave a speech to a bunch of police officers. So he handled it really, really badly. So luckily, I mean, people love to talk about how he speaks seven languages and is like a Rhodes Scholar or something like that. Basically, the only thing that I know him for is after a mass shooting, he tweeted out a picture of himself when he was a troop and said, I carried this assault rifle around uh, the battlefields and I know that civilians shouldn't have it. So just basically saying... Thanks you know, the only place that, the only place that this is appropriate is for American soldiers so, to be killing brown people in the Middle East. So, so basically, Mayor Pete actually went viral and was like, "I should run for president." That was literally the first time. Like, <laughs> fuck, I hate this I, I saw that tweet, and then like four oh. months later or something like that, I heard of Mayor Pete for the first time, and then. I found out that it was the same person. I and still I was like, I, fuck this dude. I don't know where he came from. <laughs> he looks Russian to me. He everything about him seems a little too curated. Like he's a homosexual. I've got nothing against it, but it just feels a little too on the nose. Too like I don't know what the fuck this guy is. But he was again. He was like Beto. He didn't have any policies. He started doing some policy talk. Beto still. I have no clue what Beto stands for at all. It's hilarious that Beto doesn't speak it any languages aside from English and he tried to and Mayor Pete apparently speaks seven and he's famous for it I don't think he slipped into any other languages no and like well so Mayor Pete I think it's tonight right like he's no uh oh wait no yeah you're right that's even more fun maybe he will there's like two different debate nights and half these fuckers need to like drop out right away Tim Ryan apparently same name as my father apparently it's just Tim Robinson doing I think you should leave on the stage um, de Blasio doesn't know, like, what city he's in half the time. He's um, also a corporate shill that tried to give Amazon, like, billions and billions of dollars yeah. of tax breaks, and they only, New York, they only didn't put a headquarters in New York City because the state government came down against yeah. it. and then that one woman whose name I can't pronounce, but I hate with a passion, who said, Klobuchar, uh, the woman that yeah. made a, one of her aides shave her legs, allegedly. Yeah, and said last night, if billionaires can pay for yachts... Students can pay for their loans. Hilarious. I don't. I don't even know the context for it, but somebody told me the context didn't make it sound any better. So no, what could make that sound better? It's, yeah. it's so fucking stupid. That's the, the stupidest fucking thing I've ever. Heard. There was one good thing that came out of last night, which is that Elizabeth Warren finally came out for Medicare for All. Yeah, which is something that she's weirdly been hedging while coming out with all these other progressive policies, like the Papers. student loan. Yeah. Uh, forgiveness that we talked about Which a couple is actually episodes like a again. well thought out plan like um, rolling back a bunch of mergers and acquisitions a lot of murders and acquisitions murders and executions yes. as Patrick Bateman would say um, things like the, uh, breaking up monopolies breaking bad basically things like that and she's weirdly been hedging on Medicare for all which made me and she was also recently endorsed by Third Way, which is like a centrist lib um, think tank of sorts. I know some of those words. Sure. All of that made me very skeptical of her because Medicare for All to me is one of the only litmus tests of 
if you aren't for this, I'm not going to vote for you in the general election, no matter what. If you get the nomination or whatever, I'm not going to vote for you if you're not for Medicare for all. So the fact that she finally came out in favor of that really put my mind at ease that even if Bernie doesn't get the nomination, if she does, then we could be in good hands. Which brings me to my next point. Uh, Joseph R. Biden of this great state of Delaware. Dipshit. Um, Cody Christopher Ryan is also of the great state of Delaware. And um, let me let me talk a little bit. I read a great article called The Delaware Way. The Delaware Way is get everybody in a room, drink a few brewskis, hash it out. Um, I'm from Delaware, and I can tell you everything about that state uh, fucking sucks. And Joe Biden's one of the people. His son, Bo, is one of the greatest people ever, like, was actually really going to make some changes in the world. Um, I lived in Delaware my whole life, was grown to love Joe. We all love Joe. I couldn't tell you a single fucking thing Joe Biden did for Delaware. And the more I learned about his past, the more that I'm certain that this man um, would have been the most popular um, slave owner in the day. 100%. Yeah. like well, the, the thing that he did for Delaware was that he gave a bunch of banks big tax breaks. Yeah, and, so and that's what Delaware is known for now. If they, that's, why for I, that's why I work in Delaware. I work for a big bank. Um, the same same one that I used to work for. Yeah, Bank oh. of America is down there as well. Um, that's not the one we work for, so we can talk shit on them. I think pharmaceutical companies. Uh, yeah, AstraZeneca. A lot, of, a lot of them are down there as well because uh, Biden gave them tax breaks, which it's a you can you can quibble about haven. that. And yeah. they also have a corporate. Actually, Apple's incorporated in Delaware. Interesting. Or is that that to yeah. me is their headquarters in San Francisco, but I think they're incorporated in Delaware. It's a prisoner's dilemma. Um, for that stuff, because if you're a lawmaker, someone is going to give those companies those breaks, so you might as well get the jobs there. So I kind of see that the the bigger issues that I have. I mean, I, ideally, no Delaware. Ideally, no one would give them those tax breaks. But the bigger problems that I have with him are the fact that he. One of the big things that he's touting is the fact that he was buddy-buddy with segregationists back in the day. Uh, there was one particular guy, Strom Thurmond, who once filibustered on the floor of the Senate for over 24 hours against the Civil Rights Act. And would you like to guess who gave his eulogy at his funeral? Uh, the hologram of Robert E. Lee. It was Joe Biden. Oh, great. Uh, Joe Biden was also, in my mind, effectively a segregationist because one of the big things... Uh, when he was starting off in politics was that he was against busing. Uh, he said that busing is the real racism uh, because it's against black power because it, sh- it says that black schools aren't as good and kids need to go to white schools, which was just a fact because black schools didn't have the funding and people didn't give a shit about them outside of the black community. So by being against busing, you're for, if not nominal segregation, effective segregation. Yeah, and I went to a Delaware school that was, like, reinstituting segregation as much as they could. Like, there was tests to get in, and I can tell you that shit was biased as shit. Because if you didn't pass the test scores, you went to an interview. And I can tell you right now that they, their interview process definitely weeded out people that they didn't like, which is AKA signed for Charter School of Wilmington. You're fucking racist. Yeah. Screaming that from the fucking mountaintops. They can suck my dick. Also, Biden loves to just, like, put his hand on women's thighs and, yep. like, the nape of their neck. And a really inappropriate fashion, like breathe on them. And the thing with Biden is like, 
Yeah, I'm from Delaware. I loved him for years for like the like the figure he was. Like he was like, oh, look, somebody from Delaware could be vice president. Put Delaware on the map, so to speak. But it reminds me of something my father. That seems to be a very Delaware thing. It's like my father, if he had a friend and they did anything for us ever, my father would say the term, they're good people. And after a while, you have to just realize just because you know somebody does not make them good people. Now, that happens in any state in America, every country in the world. But there's just something about Delaware where everybody knows everybody and that you could fight somebody and then see them at the carnival or whatever. Carnivals are big in Delaware. I don't know fucking why. Um, and it'd be okay, but, like, after a while, you have to draw a line, like, just because this person, you know that person, does not make them good people. Joe Biden is very much that Delaware way of, oh, I know the segregationist, but, like, I know him. He's good people. He's not yeah. racist, guys. Yeah. Guys? You can grab a drink with him after and, yeah. like, shoot the shit. This guy? Come on. He likes Bud Light. It's all American beer. He's American. Come on. Yeah. And I, I read, I think, the same article as you did, if not a similar one. And part of the thing of the Delaware way is exactly what you're saying is because the state is so small, you can get every important decision maker in a, yeah. in a room together and hammer shit out. And that's just not how it works face to face. And it also just creates people that don't that people that want to avoid conflict. And so that's why Joe Biden is out there, you know, in the 70s, buddy, buddy with virulent racists and segregationists and things like that and he is still doing the same thing because his all he wants to do is reach across the aisle and you know figure out how to get these kids some twin size beds in the concentration camps instead of single beds yeah which i mean brings it all to the point like why do we care about politics bobby i know you care a little bit more than i've always have but like i i never cared about politics at all i cared because of trump and I still care. I got in a huge fight with my cousin, which was a little bit documented uh, in our group chat because uh, one of my good friends from Delaware, you know, jumped in. And they, my cousin was basically saying, like, we should be proudly able to fly the Confederate flag, too. And it's just like, nah, dude. Like, that was all based on they wanted slavery. And he's like, well, it's about history. I'm like, dude, that's fucking stupid. Like, if it was about history, why can't you tell me about any, like, famous, like, abolitionists or anything like that why can you only fly the fucking flag of the traitors the most anti-american thing ever is trying to fucking segregate like try to secede from america so like how the fuck can you say that's like a good part of american history when the people are literally saying we don't want to be a part of america anymore the reason that fucking stupid the reason that revisionist history about the civil war i think is so easily able to take hold is that people People hear it wasn't about slavery, it was about states' rights. Totally. And they're just like, I, I would love for that to be true. Yes. It wasn't about slavery, it was about states' rights. I can fly this flag. It was about, you know, freedom and states' rights and self expression. It wasn't about racism and literally the the war is about slavery. Like that it's it's not about states' rights, it's about the states' rights to decide that slavery is cool. Yeah, so that kind of ties the whole episode together for me, too, where it's like, you know, we're checking in here and we're talking about a lot of different subjects. My brain is breaking at the seams because every single thing that seems like it should be logical just is not happening. Like, when I talk about the Sixers, they have a very clear and easy thing that they need to do and they're pussyfooting around. You talk about what should be very clear in America. We should, you know, have these certain values 
and we shouldn't keep propping up people from 200 years ago that literally were trying to enslave a large population of our country now and also trying to get out of our country. We shouldn't have to fucking worry about candidates that are just literal horse shit. Like, every guy who's just like, I, was, I won prom king, so I guess I can do this shit, like Beto. And There's, I shouldn't have to deal with fucking, like, my cousin who's talking about, like, oh, but Trump 2020. And my cousin, like, literally could not tell you even a policy of Trump or the person he's voting against. And then tells me that he's not racist because he has a black daughter, um, which is his stepdaughter. But he was using his black daughter to justify his own racism. People love to do that. Great. So, I mean, he's, That's just, he's I have a black friend. He's using yeah. I was just gonna say he's using his black daughter as his black friend. That's hilarious. Just like Joe Biden does with uh, Barack Obama. Well, Barack Obama's not his daughter, but you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, and then people like Barack Obama's shitty, and then you know I'm like, well, here's a candidate I like, and then people are like, well, look, Liz Warren voted for this thing, so she's shitty. I'm like, yeah, I know, because she's a fucking politician, and Bernie's less shitty in some ways, but they're all shitty. We're not getting around this. We, we can only vote shitty. It's just voting less shitty. Yeah. Well, My we're, shitty. We're recording this during the debate with Biden and my guy, Bernie. I have no desire to watch it at all. Though. My girl, Mary. Oh, no. Yeah. Ma- my girl, Marianne Williamson of Orb Gang. Orb Gang? And gang gang? We, we have the TV off. We're staring at a, our reflections in the TV. We're literally just, we don't fucking, we're just ranting here. We can check Twitter for the... The funny memes and the clips and the important stuff, which there's not going to be any because it's a fucking democratic debate when there's 20 people over two nights and there's like five or six people left out because that many shitheads are running for president. Unless Joe Biden starts speaking German, there's nothing in that debate that I could fucking care about. He's going to call Kamala Harris like a colored girl. Oof. Yeah, he might. That's going to happen. He He's definitely said that in quotes before, like colored. He's said that before. Well, it just doesn't get it. In his defense, back in the 70s, I'm pretty sure that was the accepted nomenclature. Yeah, back when he was 80 in the 70s. Um, yeah, I... But he's just, so funny in The Onion. Dude, I'm... I'm literally breaking apart of the seams. Like, I saw you at the angriest I've ever seen you during that Sixers draft, and I'm just shutting down. I, I'm, like, so depressed. I feel useless because of the things happening around. Like, I understand I care too much about sports, but, man, like... Uh, Shit just feels hopeless sometimes. Honestly, I'm feeling the same way. I'm really relying on this podcast right now because at work, I just like, more than any other time in my life, I am finding it very difficult to give a single fuck. I'm just like sitting there just thinking, I can't believe I have to do this shit for the rest of my fucking life. Yeah, that I'm feeling the same way, so we're just going to have to lean on the... Waiting for the sweet refinery explosion, oh death. (laughs) To just take me the fuck out. Neurotica live from the refinery. Yeah. Well, me and Isabel are moving, um, as we said at the beginning of the episode, um, not too far from where we are, and I don't want to have to do it again anytime soon because packing up everything is stressful. I am having to do handyman shit that I'm not equipped for. I'm trying to patch a hole. Fucking millennial. I don't know how to do it. There's There's like a metal mesh thing that you put down, and then you put plaster over it and then you sand the plaster but i don't get how it's supposed to be flat because the mesh thing is there and then i have to paint over it i don't want to i don't know and then really idiot right now i don't want to do it but that's your problem and then we have to move everything and if we move again hopefully in a couple of years i might you know be scouting 
badly built refineries. Yeah, and there's also a chance as early as this Sunday while you're moving, the same time will be NBA, or, uh, yeah, NBA free agency, and I might be carrying your couch and get a little notification and decide to just drop it on myself, and now you're going to have a bloody couch. That would suck. Yeah. And one less co-host for the podcast. Yeah, I mean, well, at least we have the truck rented, so you can haul my body, um, you know, a bunch of me and the rest of the pig dicks somewhere. Um, do you think it'd be a good idea to just, like, rent a U-Haul and do, like, a mobile podcast studio? I think it'd be great to rent a U-Haul and um, when people stop vaccinating their kids, just be the new version of Bring Out Your Dead and we just haul the dead bodies to places. Do you think you could, like, run a tube from the exhaust pipe, like, cut a little hole in the in the gate of the U-Haul and just pipe in exhaust and use it as, like, a little garage to kill yourself? I think you definitely could. I mean, I think... Not that I've considered it a lot. I think now you're thinking of a way we can make money, you know, put a little disco in there. People can, um... Or we could do it with pot. Right, you're just talking about hotboxing in this place? Yeah, hotbox you all. Well, I guess we wouldn't need to pipe that in. We could just use, you know, a blunt. Yeah, we could just do that, though. That's not even really an idea. That's just kind of like, just something we could just do. Well, I was trying to take it a, a turn away from the morbid. I'm just saying, you have a U-Haul Sunday. If you can get some pot, we can hotbox that shit. All right. It's a date. We did it. I feel better already. Uh, Bobby, we got a live episode coming up. You want to tell the kids about that? Uh, yes, it's at the National Libertarian Museum at That's not 2 p.m. on July 21st. If you go to the website of the National Libertarian Museum, you will see uh, under the events that Neurotica is one of the podcasts for the Philly Podcast Fest there. As of now, I believe they have the description for the Justin Silver. Yeah, so I don't know if we're still allowed to show up. I was, I was actually like... I, I, I was wondering a little bit if they gave us the slot because they thought it was him. There's no way. I gave them, like, links to everything. I do believe that was just the National Liberty Museum. They were just like, oh, we have to... They just didn't do their research. the podcast festival didn't put up the descriptions for the episodes, so I guess they were just like, oh, we'll just search these episodes, these podcasts and then put up the description. Because the National Liberty Museum is only one day, so they were probably like, oh, here's our list. Oh, we want to give people a little flavor of what they're seeing. Right. Uh, of course we're not the first fucking hit. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, there is another Neurotica, uh, at least on Overcast, uh, Modern Thought, Modern Music, Science, Philosophy, and Fun. Alright, I guess we're in a There's one now. one episode, Neurotica Bumper, 31 seconds long, from May 27th. It's this the beginning year? of something. I, I think so. Who hosts it? Justin Silver? Uh, He's got two Neuroticas. It doesn't say. Well, it says anchor.fm. Oh, no. Jeffrey Earl Kinnart. Sounds like a real fuckboy. Well, we're going to kill him. Um, no, I didn't say that on air. Parody, parody, parody. Parody, 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 parody. Um, we will not be murdering We will Jeffrey we will, Earl Kennard. Do not encourage anyone else to do so. Uh, we will go to metaphorical war with you. Um, but we are going to do a live episode July 21st. Uh, we're still hashing out the guests and what we're going to do, but we think it's going to be really fun. Um, we really want people to come out for that and scream our name. Um, and then uh, at the end of the show... Make sure you bring your singles. Um, there will be a dance portion uh, with heavy nudity. Um, your off. single dollars and your single friends. And your single quarters. I don't care. We're going to have a me. mixer. Yeah. Um, other than that, what, what else is going on, Bobby? Let's talk. What, what's going on latest in your blog? Um, I wrote a blog that came out today, Thursday, um, entitled 
DNC is asking female audience members at Democratic debate to cover their hair so as not to distract Joe Biden so that he doesn't float off the stage like a hobo towards a pie in a cartoon. That's fair. Um, so that came out today, but that will probably be relevant until he drops out of the race. Which frankly, maybe never. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, have some other stuff in the pipeline, uh, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, at Class is Boring on Twitter, medium.com slash at Class is Boring for the blog itself. Follow me at booby underscore styles as well. Cody? Well, I've got a podcast. We're doing a live up. Um, no, you can follow me at Code Rand. You can follow the podcast at Neuronica the Pod. Um, if I do drop Bobby's couch on myself, I'm assuming he'll carry the torch of this podcast. Donate to Planned Parenthood in lieu of flowers. Yes. Uh, actually do that. Um, but I'm sure Bobby... Do that regardless. If yeah, there are any, if you're ever going to purchase flowers, just donate to Planned Parenthood instead. Yeah, if you pissed off your girlfriend, just donate to Planned Parenthood. Um, but Bobby will carry the torch and probably replace me with, like, a carrot top or something. I don't know. But... This has been the most depressing episode of Neurotica, which is actually an accomplishment. We should celebrate that, considering this is an episode about, or like basically a show about depression, anxiety, and stuff. You uh, started streaming again too. I did yeah. start streaming again once. I, I did some Twitch things, so follow me on Twitch. I believe at Coderan, as always. Um, did some Twitch things. I killed it. I did some great songs. We love um, to see it. Well, we can't go to our favorite bar and do them anymore, so we have to nope. do it on Twitch. Adobe Cafe's dead. Uh, Long live Adobe Cafe. Long live El Rippo. Uh, this has been Neurotica the Pod. Bobby, play us out. Bobby, we talked about a song. Oh, I thought you were just going to insert one. No, just, All right. just, just do something. It's a life on Mars. Bye.